Good. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Mark Soroviak, Tim, myself, Paul, and Mark Forshaw comprise the Elder Board at the moment. And, um, and it's in that capacity that basically I'm sort of addressing the meeting. Okay, let's pray. Father, we just talked about, we talked about faith. We talked about um, what you call us to. We talk about that, uh, thinking about that fabulous list of names in Hebrews 11, but also all the, the names that aren't written there, the names of, of many, many generations of faith. We pray, Lord, that... Uh, in the opportunities that you're presenting us, in the decisions that we're going to be working through over the next couple of weeks, that you would be very present with us. Give us wisdom and discernment as a corporate body, uh, as a leadership, um, as we try and discern your will for us. Um, and you would, and pray, Lord, that we would be sensitive to your spirit in all these decisions. Amen. Good. So I, I just wanted to um, start out with this. If you guys aren't familiar with this yet, this is what I preached to in the last sermon series. And this really gives you a, an illustration of what we're doing as a church so that you can understand everything in terms of, of the cross should shape everything we do, that should shape us individually, that we want to call people to engage God personally, should shape our relationships, that we want to connect in accountable relationships. Uh, it should shape our church that we are calling people to serve and be served in the church. And finally, it should, should shape the way we, we interact with the world, that it should send us out to go on God's mission. Last year, uh, this is the product of a thing we call DNA Phase 2. Uh, a lot of you were here for that. That was last, last I guess, February type time frame. We had a, a month of prayer and then a day of fasting, and then we met together in groups to ask, God, who do you want us to be as a church? And this really came out of it. The other thing that it revealed were kind of our key values, that one is challenged that we never want to stop growing individually and as a church. And by that, we're not talking about numerical growth. It's growing in our love for God and love for people. Authenticity, that we want to be a safe place to struggle, that we want to be a place of truth, that truth came up again and again, that we are going to be all about grace, but it's grace and truth. That we're always going to hold forth the truth here. And that it's going to shape our identity. That I am a missionary. That each one of you can say, I am a missionary. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the church. So these are the types of things that came out of that. And so with that, I don't want to cover the whole story again. But let's just, um, let me give you kind of a, a quick issue of where we're at. The real question that we've been facing is how do we reach our community for Christ? And the, the immediate problem that we came into is, you know, Last year, uh, here's a, a chart showing uh, the little dot is when I started, and then at Christmas is where we made kind of our 30% jump in growth. So the real question was, is what if we plan for this next Christmas? What if we, God brought us 50 more of our neighbors, friends, and coworkers next Christmas? What would it look like? Well, it would look like this. The problem with that is that this room, just by its given structure, kind of maxes out on, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this 80% rule, but you can basically fill 80% of the seats and then it feels entirely filled. It feels 100% full at 80%. And, I, and I'll show you this in a minute. So this is what it would look like. Our 80% capacity reaches right there. So it just with that, it shows it. But I don't think this shows it quite as well. So this is why I created the little chart. This is our room. I had to put the height up there. I like that. <laughs> this is our usual setup, 220 seats. This is what it looks like on a normal Sunday right now, which again, 
if a family of four came in 10 minutes into the service, they would struggle to find a seat. This is what it looks like at 80% capacity. And this is what it would look like if all went well at Christmas. We can see it's just unsustainable. That basically, if we stay here, we're in a position where we, and we grow just a little bit over Christmas. Not even that much. If we just grew by 10 or 20 people on an average Sunday, our place would feel entirely filled and we would be signing a lease that goes till the end of next November and we would be here for potentially nine months, ten months, where we couldn't grow at all. We couldn't invite anyone. So, Here's where the brainstorming started, and we, we, we went through those options. Should we go to two services? And generally, the elders feel, you know, we, we explored that, but generally we feel it's not a good option for our size or for what it would do to our congregation. Should we watch Paul via live video? <laughs> Surprisingly, some people actually like that idea. But uh, but no, it's, it's not even feasible here on our property. Could we pull the kids out of worship service? That would only, we could. The problem with that is it rubs up against a, a value of GVF, a distinctive of GVF, that we have this family feel that there's friendships across generations. So that's that's part of the problem with it. That the, the bigger problem is even if we did that, it would only solve the problem for about, it would buy us two or three months tops. We're still, we would still have seven or eight months where we would have trouble growing. And then the other options of building an addition or a giant circus tent. Um, Circus tent idea was the only one that really had some meat on it. At the end of that, the, the big question is where can we can we meet to reach it? And that's when I saw the picture, the Phoenixville Middle, Middle School Auditorium. And for the first time ever, I think we should seriously consider leaving NC3 this year. By this year, I mean in the next calendar year. So this is where I saw the potential that in that front section, you could see 350, 375 people in there, which is a perfect size for us to grow into. And just so you know, here's some of the details of it. Here's the location. The middle school is 2.5 miles from where we're currently located, but it's further into Phoenixville. So right on Main Street there, there's a big school property right there. And here's last Friday, I pulled in seven liters and we went to go visit it. So here's some pictures of what the auditorium looks like. And we'll, we'll just walk you through the school here. Do you want me to hand this over to you at this point? Yeah. Let me give that to you. Okay. Sorry, I got lost which in that. Which doing, is this? Uh, this right here, back and forth. Okay. So um, I was one of those sort of white faces when I got this email. And, it, <laughs> and Paul turned around and said, Why don't, I think we really need to do this. And the, the trouble was it all made sense. So we started, you know, it would have been so much easier if it didn't make sense. And we could have said, no, no, Paul, get back in your box. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, it still made sense. And, and, and the, for me, the, the really interesting thing, as you heard, uh, was the fact that these two opportunities came together at the same time. I mean, literally within about a week of each other. And, I mean, for me, that's what's convinced me that God is really speaking to us. I don't know whether this is going to be the end conclusion, but if not, I I really feel like, well, God has got my attention. Um, the middle school, so a number of us, some of the elders, some of the sort of key resource leaders that would be involved in, in uh, making this happen, went around the uh, middle school, and as you can see, you've got uh, 630 or so seats, about 400 or so in those two sort of um, banks uh, at the bottom, the two front sections, and then another 200 or so uh, further up. And um, uh, at the area at the top of that, there's a, the bleach area that we'll come to. 
really, really nice seats, very comfortable. Um, one of the things that we will have to uh, work through is they're 17 long, so basically as we are a church that likes to get up and move and connect and all the rest, we're going to have to figure out how do we actually replicate that as one of our values um, there. Um, this is the area that essentially we would have to sort of curtain or partition off in some way, shape or form to actually, to actually make it feel like there's a sort of uh, uh, some sense of sort of intimacy in that sort of front section. Um, but phenomenal facilities. I mean, you know, uh, state of the art. They've just spent $59 million on this middle school. It only, it only opened in August. Um, state-of-the-art sound systems, state-of-the-art lighting. Um, basically, the, the band and uh, our view would be that the band and pool would actually be at the bottom um, on the same level with the seats. So we wouldn't put them up on the stage and uh, bow down to them because we know what happens, you know, in that context. Um, <coughs> so, so there's the sound system. This is the entrance to the middle school. So this is, there's actually three entrances. We'd only use one. We would deliberately um, just use a, a wing of the middle school so we could actually lock off uh, the remaining corridors, especially with children running around and everything else. The amazing thing is that we can get what we need out of that, out of that wing. Uh, you go in, there's a big entrance and welcome area and a concession stand um, that has all the sort of sink and facilities that we would need in terms of fridge and everything. So we can have coffee and donuts before we, before we start church or after. I think starting is a really good, before starting is a really good idea because we might be able to get everybody to come on time. Just a chance. Um, so the, uh, the bleachers area um, is... Uh, this, this would actually, you know, open up 300 more seats. We're not going to need that. We're, we won't be probably touching that. But this becomes a really good area for preschool and nursery kids. Um, and there's a divider, a partition that comes down where you see the end of the back row of the seats here um, that separates this off. It's got separate doors that come on. And there's a divider that actually comes down. Um, Classrooms, there's at least three or four classrooms on the second floor that would be suitable for uh, some of the Sunday school. Uh, and there's actually also a really nice adult Sunday school area potentially as well. There's a big cafeteria that we would, could use on a, you know, occasional uh, times. And, and let me... A very nice seat that Paul wants to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to talk about this seat for, for a specific reason, because this is more than just a nice seat, in, in my opinion. This, I want you to think about this. This is now the place where every junior high and senior high performance in the Phoenix Ball Area School District will take place. Lots of community events. So every family in the Phoenix Ball Area School District will at some time sit in this seat they're going to know where to park. They're going to know where the bathrooms are. It's going to feel like their place. It is their place, and we would just be renting it. Do you know how much that lowers the barrier versus do you want to come to my church that you've never been to or a conference center you've never been to where you don't know where to park, you don't know where the bathrooms are, you don't know where the entrance is versus do you want to go to a school that you've already been to many times and come check this out? It completely lowers the psychological barriers, which is huge. Next thing, just, just to throw this out so that you guys... You know, that um, all the research shows, and this is English stuff, that, that new buildings really do reach new people. 
They just do. If you have a nice new building where it's comfortable, it reaches new people. Now, why does that happen? I, the stuff that you'll see in the handout there, and I tend to believe this through, Ed Stetzer, who's a big church research guy, he suggests that a new location, the reason it reaches new people is because if the whole congregation is excited about reaching more people through a building, the church will grow. It's about the vision that we don't exist for ourselves, that we use buildings and resources to reach our neighbors. That's what this has to be about. Go ahead. So, but NC3, this conference center, doesn't just offer us <clears throat> an auditorium. Mm -hmm. um, it actually offers us a lot more. It's a place that, you know, we actually say is the church's, you know, home. It's our place. It's the place that we can have a sign and say this is where we are. It's a place where we've got offices. It's a place that we've actually got, you know, um, midweek meetings actually running in. So, you know, a middle school, however nice, um, however incredible, and it looks to me like more like a university building than a middle school, being honest. I can't believe, the, you know, how nice it is. But essentially, um, isn't going to be enough. So for me, the fact that this other opportunity of Bridge Street coming along is really important. Um, because essentially, it starts to actually give us our home, our place, our signage, our, um, our offices, and where the church is, where our home is. And the middle school, then, is where we meet on Sunday for worship services. Um, so this is Bridge Street. This is the picture you've just seen. Um, immediately, uh, so that's the map of it in terms of... Uh, from where we are now, which is the GVF, up to Bridge Street in Phoenixville, um, just opposite the cinema. Um, what it looks like in terms of on a sort of a, a busy day. Uh, that's first Friday, I think. That's immediately opposite. It's actually on a walking street. One of the nicest things about this, this particular property despite what it looks inside, is the opportunity of where it's situated. It's all location, location, location. It's got the walking street coming alongside it. It's got a separate entrance onto the walking street. There's space enough to actually put um, tables and chairs around in the sort of summer. Um, there's a glass-fronted um, storefront on both sides, so both from the walking street as well as onto Bridge Street. Um, so, you know, this is what, you know, on the first Friday, on first Friday and the uh, blob fest and all the rest, uh, it looks like. And there really is a lot of people around. Anna and I went up on first Friday two months ago and we couldn't even find a car parking space. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Um, so this this is this is only, this is the place where people are. Uh, admittedly, during the week, that's not true. Um, in terms of, you know, sort of during the day and everything else, but that's when we would use it for other purposes. So, this is a, a sort of schematic of what it could look like. Uh, with, you can see a sort of a, uh, a performance area. Um, the entrance is at the bottom, performance area, and then offices uh, and bathrooms at the back. Uh, space for a sort of small, medium-sized groups, up to 60 people. Uh, um, it does look a little bit bare <laughs> at the moment. So it, 
It's one of those places where you sort of oh, you invite somebody in and says, yes, it does need a little bit of work. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then that's part of the reason why this is possible for us. This is why, essentially, it's affordable. Um, we think that if we put, uh, you know, the work in, in terms of fitting it out and getting it fit again for use, then we would probably get two years rent-free uh, and then preferential rates for another three years. So that's how this thing starts to all add up. It's the street level. So it's, it's, it, it's, it's just the ground first floor, but yeah. it goes underneath the earth because it's built on a hill. So, yeah, the further you go back, the scarier it gets. Yeah. <laughs> You're not talking about the upper floor. No, no, there's, no there's it's a rented. Just, just one, the ground floor. Okay. Um, so, 1.3 miles from Bridge Street to the middle school. And. And this is just a reminder here. I, I just wanted to reinforce that really, this isn't our, I mean, God might open up another opportunity. Middle school might completely fall apart. Bridge Street might burn to the ground tomorrow. We're about making disciples. And we think this might be a great opportunity to reach people, to help us. Bridge Street gives us, it's a place to connect in accountable relationships and go into the heart of the community so that people all over Phoenixville will engage God personally and find the fullness of Christ serving and being served in the church so that they go back and connect in accountable relationships, go reach more people, connect in the church, and go back. Do you get it? That's what we're all about. It's about making disciples. So we think this might be a great opportunity, but that's the center of it. So we also know that what we've done is basically teed up a lot of questions. Um, some of those questions, you know, that you have uh, will be able to uh, be answered in these two sheets that we've given out to everybody. Um, so we'd really ask you to sort of look them through and everything else. We're not going to do Q&A now. We will be setting up Q&A sort of sessions in the future. But essentially, we need to communicate this as quickly as possible um, for two reasons, one of which is that, is that this opportunity is moving very fast and we didn't want to get as a leadership ahead of the church and and um, and secondarily because we really want everyone praying about this and trying to actually corporately decide is this really what the spirit is leading us leading us into there's some good practical questions you know which is can we really afford this and the answer is yes and no Probably. <laughs> so I bet you all feel really confident now. <laughs> yeah. So 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 let me explain that. So basically, firstly, at the at the moment, you know, we're coming to you without the whole things, uh, without all the I's dotted and the T's crossed, because we want to involve everybody in this, um, you know, decision and opportunity. So we have gone to the middle school. We know publicly what they talk about for, you know, uh, one-off events, but we don't know what they're going to turn around and say they really want uh, as an annual fee for a partnership that is multi-year. Um, and we've started the process of talking to them about that. We don't have numbers. There's a, there's a big range. It could be. We think, as best we can tell at the moment, it would be something like what we're paying for NC3, Maybe a, little, maybe a little bit more, but affordable. Um, so that's one of the sort of probable, uh, the probably uh, situation. We would need something about $80,000 to fit out Bridge Street, make it um, habitable and useful, and, and also to actually cover our moving costs to the middle school. 
Um, we think that we could cover that in two different ways. We, were, we would propose uh, a Christmas appeal, uh, and we would ask, you know, as a sort of capital appeal to uh, cover some of that. And we also still have a ministry fund that's got, which is a reserves fund that's got $70,000, $69,000 in it, um, if we really needed to actually touch that. So that's why we're saying, yes, this is basically affordable. We don't have all the numbers. We don't, you know, we haven't gone into Bridge Street and got, you know, all the cost estimates and all worked out and everything else. But we are looking at that, and we have had both Greg and Brian um, looking at that and giving us professional opinions in terms of construction costs and such like. So let me uh, jump in one thing just to tell you about the year end giving. We're not what we're not talking about is a capital campaign. Let me just be clear. All right. Uh, you will never that. see a big empty thermometer up here with me filling it in. That will not. That's not what we're talking about. Last year, just for on top of normal giving, uh, you guys gave nineteen thousand dollars just to upgrade our sound system, and we think you guys are really generous. And if you guys buy into this vision and you want to see GVF on Bridge Street and reaching our community in this way, we think that, I think, you guys could cover a lot of that cost and not even flinch because you're so stinking generous. I mean, I'm, I'm just not worried about the funds at all. I, I believe in it. I want to give to it. So that, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I, this isn't a long-term capital campaign. This is a one-time, if you feel led by the Lord, give to this. And that's it. That's all you'd hear from us. And the other... The other thing is that, you know, this is, shows you our giving, um, which has actually climbed and increased 30% over the last year. Uh, and, you know, one of, the, one of the reasons why we said probably is that, you know, we do think that, that we would have to actually grow at something like 10 to 15% over within two years' time for us to actually sort of afford this on an ongoing basis. But we also believe that if we actually took up both opportunities and we fitted it out and we were really um, creative in terms of how we use both, um, then 10 to 15 percent would be a, a really low estimate of what we think the church would grow at. I mean, lots of unknowns there. So, you know, we're not, we're not trying to sort of um, skate over that. Um, in terms of what we would love you guys to do, um, read the materials. We're going to be around, talk to any of the elders, Tim, Mark, Paul, and myself uh, afterwards or at some other time. We really are, and you, you can see the, the leaflet starting to actually talk about, well, what, what type of things should we be praying for at this point? We really would ask the church to pray, and there will be a lot more um, that is going to be around the whole of sort of prayer, and I think prayer and fasting and things like this as we go through this process as a church. Um, we will be setting up Q&A sessions. There will be a lot more opportunity for interaction and questions and details and, you know, well, what about this and what about that and how does that fit in and, you know, how could we really use this space? So at the moment, what we've got is, you know, first ideas um, and join in. You know, if, if this is going to be successful, it won't be successful because the leaders or because Paul thinks this is a great idea. If, if these two opportunities coming together as a complementary pair are going to be successful is because the church as a whole embraces it and steps up and says, I'll volunteer for this. I'd love to do that. I can see that there's going to be more need for more people to do more things. There's going to be all sorts of outreach possibilities. There's going to be really creative things we can do with Bridge Street. You know, but it's only going to happen if we as a corporate body step up and 
move forward in faith. So um, I've introduced the elders. I'd just like to talk about the fact we've already sort of asked three people if they would provide some project, project leadership for this project going forward. So Ken Lutters has agreed. Uh, I don't think Ken's here. But Ken Lutters has agreed to uh, um, lead a middle school project team as we look at this and as we work this through. And you can he is a world-class attention to detail person, if ever I ever met one. Um, uh, Greg, with all his sort of construction and creative sort of background, has agreed to lead the Bridge Street team. And, uh, and Anne Brown, Mark, can you stand up for... So this is, this is Anne's surrogate. This is, this is Anne's husband, Mark Brown. Anne has agreed, she can't be here at the moment, but she's agreed that she's going to lead the whole of the sort of prayer um, she, she put this process, together. put this together, and she's going to be starting thinking through how do we have a, a stream of prayer that accompanies all this. Uh, my only comment on that is uh, if you look through those three pieces, um, you ha we have to have you involved in prayer regardless. Um, the middle school is actually probably the smallest piece because it's very um, very defined roles. We only need a few people to, uh, at least on the initial part, uh, it's Bridge Street. Greg Hytha. He gets the lying chair. We have to turn Tales from the Crypt into a place that people actually want to go into uh, if we move forward on that. And that is a massive job that requires, I mean, if you can swing a hammer, if you've got some skills like that, man, do we need you right now. Man, do we need you. So, uh, yeah, so when, when to toss that out there, we'll stick around uh, for a few minutes if you have any initial questions or anything like that. But I also encourage you just to do what he said. So let, let me close this in prayer. Good. Father, thank you for this day and this opportunity. God, we, uh, we just leave all this in your hands. And we, uh, we thank you. Uh, Lord, I, I just thank you for a church that is so outward focused. And a church that is generous and a church that longs to see you move in our, in our lives and our neighbors' lives. A church that longs to never stop growing, Lord, um, in their love for you and their love for people. God, a, a church that longs to be authentic and, and really takes responsibility. And God, a church that sees that it's not just about our church, but it's so much bigger. That we get to be part of something that's bigger than us and bigger than our church and bigger than our little world. God, we just thank you for that opportunity. Pray that we use it well and we live by faith. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.